0: Are you ready to jump right in? Can we get started? All right, here we go. Luke 14 is where I'm going to be. Luke chapter 14. While you're getting there, I want to share a story from about 10 days ago or so. I was on vacation, not this week, but the week previous. Uh, But during vacation, it's COVID, so many things are closed. So my family and I, as we were talking about what we were going to do, where we were going to go, we decided to stay home. What do you call those things when you stay home on vacation? Staycation. That's what we did, except I want to rename it a little bit uh, for our specific staycation. I called it a chorecation because we did chores. We did projects around the house. Uh, We had a number of things we wanted to get done, and so we got it done. I'm a little handy, so we got it done that week, which also meant I went to the hardware store like a lot. How many of you really like the hardware store? Yeah, a few of you, I love it, and I think they know me by name right now. So during chorkation, our dryer also broke. Oh, How about that? But I was home, so uh, we had to get a replacement dryer. It was another trip to the hardware store, one of the larger hardware stores in town. And so uh, I went. You have to stop in at the customer service desk I don't know what was happening this day. Apparently a bunch of people in the city stuff broke because there were a lot of people at the customer service desk. It was a little weird. So I go and there's many people there and we have to stand on our COVID circles. That's what I've named them. The little, you have to stand six feet apart from everybody. And so the whole line sort of looked like a line at Disney. It was down an aisle. And so I'm standing on my COVID circle at a large... Hardware store waiting my turn in line. About five minutes later, the line's not moving. About five minutes later, some gentleman walks in the front door and stands like he's next in line, next to the counter. What are you doing? So he's standing there, and I, you know, I've got a little bit of grace, and so I'm like, well, maybe he's got a quick question. So we're waiting, we're waiting. Somebody else walks up realizes that there's a line, goes to the back of the line. You know what the guy did? He stood there like a maniac, like he was next. He did, he was, if you're here, sir, I'm sorry. <laughs> he just stood there, like he was next. And so the customer service person got done, and I thought, oh, we're going to find out what's going to happen now, aren't we? There's a little conversation between this guy and customer service person. customer service person leans over to her manager. We can all hear what do I do and the manager looks at the situation points at the line says sir you need to go to the back of the line justice is served <laughs> he has to walk the line of shame to get to the back of the line and I don't know about you so obviously he thought his priorities were pretty important but as he's walking the line of shame back I want to apologize like I feel bad because I've been I've been you sir I'm sorry back of the line have you ever done that thought that your priorities were bigger than anybody like i've got to get to the front of the line my ideas are the biggest idea i gotta have you been that person is it just me it's just me okay that's okay i've been that i'm going to share a couple of examples where we have a high view sometimes of our ideas our projects our time have you ever done that here's a spiritual shift have you ever done that with god uh-oh, where you've run throughout your day, you're busy, you've got your job, you've got your kids, you've got your whatever. I gotta go to the store, I gotta do this. Let's wedge some fun in. What about this, that, and the other? And then you realize, oh, I haven't checked in with God, so I'm gonna quick do a drive-by because the rest of my day was way more important than checking in with him. Sometimes I, maybe you, have an overinflated view of my priorities, of the things that I want to get done. And so here, I want to give us just two scriptures just to start the message off. Romans 12, 3 says it this way. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Or what about this one? 2 Timothy 3. You know, before I read this one, I... I looked at the commentary of this verse just to see if it would reference this is what you're going to see in 2020. Because it seems pretty similar what is happening right now. It says this. It says, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Wow. And it every stop on that list at the root of that is an overinflated view of self is someone taking a high view of their priority it's so the a big question for me today maybe for us i want to challenge us to think about this question am i over prioritizing me are you over prioritizing you Now, we can think through that question and go, well, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But the challenge, my challenge when I was putting this message together, and uh, this message, just to be transparent, was probably the most difficult message that I have written since I've been on staff at the Vineyard. And not because the text was challenging, it was because the parable we're about to read, the parable that I call the parable of the humble seat, spoke to me directly because of some of the things that I struggle with and throughout my week just some of the things that popped up that I heard from other people. I I really believe this is a critical, important message, at least to me, if not for the rest of the church. It stung me. That's that's about the best word I could think of. It stung me this week. And this parable is part of the parables that we're going through this summer. We're actually in the series, the Kingdom Stories series, where we're unpacking the parables or stories of Jesus. And this parable, I think, will help us navigate how to make more wise choices. I I don't know about you, but in this We're living in a time where we're not just over-prioritizing ourselves by trying to get in the front of the line. Here's what I think is happening. We have issues going on around us. Just watch the news one night. Take a social justice issue. I could name many, but I'm not going to because they're all divisive. But we're living in a time, and it seems unique, where we are being forced to either take a stand or a position on an issue on this side or on this side. And people are racing to sides to take a stand, to take a position on something, thinking that their way is the right way. And I think there's a better way to take a position on something than that. And that's what we're gonna unpack today in Luke chapter 14. I'm gonna start in verse one. And then I'll bump to verse seven. It says this. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat, in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was carefully watched. Verse 7, it says, When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, I want to pause just for a second. They're not at a wedding feast. Nowhere in the, at the beginning of this does Jesus get invited to a wedding feast. It just says that he's at a dinner but I think that this little nugget, this wedding feast parable is important. It was important to the Pharisees who were listening to this. It's important to us today. What he's saying is, it re- that, listen, this story is not really what position you take at the table. This story is about a wedding feast. You know, all throughout Scripture, a wedding feast is a picture of the bride and the bridegroom, of the kingdom of heaven coming together. Essentially what he's saying is, if you want God here, pay attention to this parable. And so that's what he's saying to us today. He says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place, So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What I see in the text spoke to me deeply this week and my prayer, and I'm going to pray here in just a minute, is that it speaks to you as well. Because we're living in a crazy time today where we could take positions, whether it's in line or on an issue, and have an overinflated view of us. And there's a, there's a better way to do this. So let me pray before I jump into these. So God, we come to you, and I pray, God, as this message, this parable spoke to me deeply, I pray that you open all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our ears, so it'll speak to everyone listening. God, in a world like we live in today, we need your word to be loud in the most prominent place ever. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On the back of your program, a couple fill-in-the-blanks. Here's what I see in this parable about choosing our position wisely. The first thing I see is it should not start with, I deserve it. Choosing our position wisely should not start with, I deserve it. <clears throat> at the beginning of this parable, Jesus has been invited to a dinner. Luke 14, 7 says this, when you notice how the guests pick their places of honor at the table. I don't know what your dinner table looks like. Your kitchen table, whatever that looks like. But mine has a table, chairs around it. We we don't have a place of honor, but back in Jesus' day, there was a specific setup, and it looked a little different than ours today. Here's a picture of what it might have looked like. Uh, When they ate, they actually, if it was a place of honor, ate on something that looked like a couch, and they ate laying... It looks kind of weird. They laid on their side on these couches, and there was a specific place of honor, especially if it was a prominent Pharisee's house. And the place of honor in this picture would have been at the top of the screen, that middle couch, place number one. And that placement would have been one of the closest to the food and if that person was speaking, everyone would have looked at the center of the room to hear that individual. That was the place of honor, and likely the prominent Pharisee would have been reclining there and getting to that spot, because he deserved it. The prominent Pharisee, if you don't know about Pharisees, they spend much of their life learning the law. They, they spend much of their life learning and teaching and trying to digest all of what Scripture has. And so this individual, if he was a prominent Pharisee, would have spent tons of time figuring out the Scriptures. People were following him. And if anyone deserved that place of honor, he thought he did. And Jesus notices this. Here's what Jesus says in Luke 14:8. when he sees it. He says, when invited to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. Even though that Pharisee, can you imagine in that home the Pharisee who spent his life learning, people following him, he's leading a group of people, he thinks he deserves it, and Jesus steps in and says, do not take the place of honor. How offensive, how cult- counter-cultural that would have been. Just don't do it. Romans twelve three. we, we highlighted this verse earlier says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So practically, how does that look for us today? Don't try to butt in line at Lowe's. Right? That's the silly example. It's a good example but it's sort of a silly example. Don't think yourself more highly than you ought. Don't take the place so don't cut in line. But I want to give you three additional practical examples that either I thought of in my life or I had conversations this week with individuals who struggled with it. Here's three examples that might speak to you. I spoke to uh, a few individuals this week who had uh, job issues. Something was going on in their job. And what I heard was, a lot of I deserve. I heard things like, "Man, I I've worked hard and I deserve that promotion. I worked hard and I deserved that bonus. I got fired but I deserved fill in the blank." And in the back of my mind because I was working through this parable, I was thinking, "Boy, that is a high position of what you think. Where you're at, what you think you deserve." Or what about this? Uh, spoke of this earlier. Take a social justice issue. Take any part of the news. And we live in this binary culture where it's either this... Or this, there's no middle ground. And people are racing to take a position in something that they have an opinion on. They aren't even educated on it. They don't have a degree on it. They've read it on social media. And they're racing to take a position and they're spewing things saying, this is the right place to be on this position. Everybody else is silly. That is a high place to put yourself in. Or what about this? This, this one... Is me in conversations I'm just being transparent in conversations you're talking to somebody and you're hearing their words but you're really not deeply listening because really what you're doing is you're waiting until they get done talking so you can get your stuff out because your stuff is more important than what they have to say that's a high position to hold and there's consequences to those high positions. Jesus says it this way in the parable. Luke 14:9 He talks about a host who invited somebody else and look what's happens. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. At best, when you stick yourself at those high places, at best you'll be humiliated. I think what Jesus is saying is all the things that we think we deserve and we try out of our own strength and we strive, all those things where we think we deserve it, really God is the one who can put you in that place. And when you, out of your own strength, think that you're going to get that place, think that you're going to strive and get all those things, that you're more important, the best that will happen to you is you'll be humiliated if you stick yourself in that place. Here's an example in my life how that happened. Back in the marketplace, this was a number of years ago, I was working for someone and that uh, individual was, was retiring. And I wanted their job. I had poured my life into getting that job. I didn't get it. And I was upset. And so for six months after I didn't get that position, I threw a professional fit. You want to know what a professional fit is? I still did my job, but I grumbled about it. Actually, I interviewed in another state multiple times because I thought I deserved a better position. So I'm going to go up and see what's going on up in this other state. I know I can get that position. And I didn't take that position. I ended up staying for two years worked under someone who really I didn't buy into their system. I was still throwing a professional fit. And at the end of two years, that individual was moving on. The last day they were in the office, they humiliated me. I remember it vividly. I remember the conversation, what they said, how they said it, who they said it to. They humiliated me. And up until this week, how I would have described that story is, that was terrible what they did. I didn't deserve that, but after wrestling through this, what I, what I, it was just, it pressed into me that I think God used that person to humiliate me, to get me in my rightful place, that I had put myself on such a pedestal that I deserved to be humiliated. It was a humbling time. So here's a fill in the blank. When picking a position, how far do you want to fall? How far do you want to fall? The guy at Lowe's did not want to walk down the line of shame. Do you really want to take a position on some issue that you saw online and realize that the position you took, because really you don't have enough information, was the wrong one and now you're humiliated? How far do you want to fall when you take a position, when you believe that you deserve or your ideas are the right ideas? Choosing our position wisely should not start with I deserve it. The other thing that I see in the text that Jesus outlines, I I wrote it this way. Choosing our position wisely makes room for God. You can write that in. It makes room for God. Jesus shares in the parable. He says, but when you're invited, take the lowest place. So that when you, your host comes, he'll say to you, friend, move up to a better place. I love the really small details in scripture. I'm trying to read during my Bible time very slowly because I don't want to miss any nuggets that are in God's word. And so what Jesus says, he, he doesn't say, hey, hey, don't take the place of honor. Take like the number two spot or the number three spot, you'll be fine. No, no, he says, take the lowest place. That is a lesson for me. To take the lowest, not a lower, to take the lowest place. That is a huge lesson for me. And in reality, when you read scripture, this is how God's kingdom works. When God invades spaces, when God wants to do something, this is how he operates. He looks in the lowest places. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 1, 28 and 29. It says this, God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. He chooses the lowly things. In the Old Testament, the Israelites are in slavery and bondage. God wants to free them, and so he has to pick somebody to talk to the ruler, to talk to Pharaoh. He does not pick, God does not pick a scholarly Great speech writer to go talk to the ruler. God looks down and picks a guy with a speech impediment to go talk to the ruler. That is crazy. That is not what I would do. I want the college-educated guy who can stand in front of somebody and say something eloquent. That's who I want, but God picks the lowly things. God looked down and picked Mary to be the mother of Jesus. I don't know why. She was not in a palace. Her house was not amazing. But God looked at the lowly things and said, you're going to be the mother of Jesus. Jesus picks 12 disciples. Do you realize that Jesus could have gone to the prominent Pharisee's house at a dinner and said, prominent Pharisee, I see that you're at position number one. You've been well educated. You have people who are following you. You know the scriptures. And so I'm going to take you and some other of your friends, and we're going to change the world. He doesn't do that. He goes to what it says in Acts, the book of Acts. He goes to 12 unschooled and ordinary men to change the world. God uses, he chooses the lowly things. Jesus himself, what an incredible example. I I want to read through this next section of scripture slowly so we really understand this. Paul is writing about Jesus in the book of Philippians. And here's what it says, Philippians 2, 6 through 11 says, Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. He made himself nothing. He deserved everything, but he made himself nothing. He became a servant. He humbled himself, and because he did those things, God did something. There's a therefore right next to this. Look at the next verse. Therefore... Because Jesus did those things, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Do you get it that humility invites God to move in big ways? Look at these two scriptures. First one, James 4.10. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. There are people here today or listening online today. You in some area of your life, you need lifted up. You need you need God to come and lift you up. You will not get the lifting up unless you do the first thing, which is humble yourself. Or what about this? Second Chronicles 7. I've heard this verse spoken over 2020 many times. People send me prayer emails, and this is at the bottom of the prayer email, right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. If there's ever a time that we need God to come and heal our land, it would be this time. But we will not get to the heal our land part until we get to the first instruction, which is humble yourself. We cannot skip that step. So here's the fill in. If you want God at your table, take the humble seat, take the lowest seat. I wonder in my own life where I've needed God to come and give me some answer or some breakthrough, or God, would you come? And I'm in this confusing situation. Would you just help? And I wonder how many times that I have had an overinflated view of how I think God should come and help, what my will is for the situation. And I wonder if God looks down and goes, You're in the highest spot. You've placed yourself and your ideas in position number one, the very position that I want to sit at, Steve, but you're there. When we think about right before the parable, Jesus is at this dinner. And if you think deeply of what's going on, the Pharisees have been praying have been reading the Old Testament that points directly to the Messiah, that points directly that someone is coming. That very person in Jesus is in the room. Do you get that? He's in the room, and the prominent Pharisee and the other people are racing to their positions of honor, and in reality, who should be sitting in that number one position is Jesus himself who is in the room, and they miss it. They completely miss it. I do not want to miss it in my life. I don't want to rush to a position. It can be a position at Lowe's or a position on social media, whatever. I don't want to rush to a position thinking that I am all that and completely miss what Jesus has and what I'm learning in this season that instead of rushing to the front of the line or rushing to take a position on an issue In reality, we should be rushing to the lowest place. We should be rushing to sit our butts in a chair or get on our knees and get on our face and cry out for God to come and take his rightful place. That's what we should be doing. That's what I should be doing. That's the lowest place. And in that place, that's the place that invites God to the table to do what only he could do best. That's making a wise choice. So choosing our position wisely should not start with I deserve it. And it makes room for God. I want to end today a little differently because you have one more fill in the blank on your handout. It says area. You see that? Do you see that? Here's what I want you to do. For some of you in the room, for some of you online, you have an area in your life that you need God to come. You need God's answers. You need a breakthrough. You need relief. And so whatever that area is, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I want you to write that area down right now. If you're online, you can type that area into the comments. And now what we're gonna do is we're all gonna stand. If you're writing, you can still write. Once you get that area written down, some of you are still writing, so I'm gonna give you another second. If you wrote an area down, I want you to hold that area in your, like put your thumb on it or like hold it. And we're gonna pray for those areas right now for God to take his rightful, rightful place. So, Father, first of all, God, we repent for believing that our ideas for believing that our solutions were the right solutions and trying to drive our will into the situation. God, we're sorry for that. We don't deserve that place, you deserve it. And I pray for some of you in the room, you have used more words than you have ought to use. You have over communicated your will, your desire, you thought you deserved it, and so you said it, and you just words, words, words. And right now, God is saying it's his words that are more powerful than yours. So, God, we, we invite you to speak into those areas. We need your power. We need your refreshing your comfort your healing in those areas that we're holding god we need you in your rightful position and place and so we'll move and god would you help us going forward when we leave today will you help us and remind us to take the lowest position which which is on our rear ends on our knees or on our faces crying out to you to come to the space that you deserve because we need you. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name, amen.